and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Dan. And I'm your other co-host, Brandon. This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that they can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may not be suitable for young children, but neither is our D&D games, Grammar, there Grammar, it is. Grammar. This episode was brought to you by our generous Patreon donors. You're awesome. Y- yeah, yeah, you guys are pretty awesome. <sighs> and if you want to support the show, head on over to CritAcademy.com. There's a link right to our Patreon. Thank you for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Your roles like a paladin without the divine intervention of a god. Um, today we got a really great show for you today. Our main topic is going to be the Xanathar's Guide to the Paladin, which I'm super ex- pretty stoked about. Yeah. Um, they got some pretty cool archetypes in here. But before all that, we have to grab your attention by giving away free product. Each episode, we will draw one lucky subscriber's name, and they will win the five-star rated adventure, Banquet of the Damned, compliments of Goblin Stone. Goblin Stone is a community project for D&D fans based out of the UK. They aim to be a place where you can team up with professionals to turn your ideas into high-quality products and give every fan a chance to get published. Be sure to head over to www.goblinstone.com or you can check out our fellowship link on our website, www.critacademy.com. Oh, God, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And today's winner is C-Cook773. I thought that said cock. (laughs) It's so small. (laughs) (laughs) It's small on the screen. Or Cook seven seventy three. Cook, congratulations, Cook seven seventy three. If you enjoy your adventure, please head on over to goblinstone.com and uh, make sure to leave them a review for their product because that gives them an opportunity to improve their product and all that good stuff. It's like our way of kissing their ass. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, uh, little cock, little cook, see <laughs> cook. What is it? See cook. Congratulations, cook. cook. Um, we got a lot of good stuff on the show for you today, uh, but before we get to all that, we have In the Realm. Yesterday, actually, I was playing a, a uh, Starfinder game at the shop. Ooh, very cool. And um, I ran the Half-Orc Soldier, and I did it for two reasons. A, because for some strange reason in society play, even though the legacy races, like your standard races, are uh-huh. in the book, they're in the back of the book under the legacy section, mm-hmm. and aren't allowed to in-league play, generally speaking, for some strange reason. I mean, I would think if it's in the core book, you could play it, but... Anyway. Okay. But anyway, I ran my... This was actually a, a Starfinder version of my character Fruit Bat, the Havoc Barbarian, <laughs> that I run in every single fantasy game I play. That's kind of your kind of your, your your go-to build. Right. But since there's no Barbarian right now in Starfinder, I've, I've been in a melee soldier class. Okay. So. But we went into a broken-down lab where the uh, test subjects escaped, and we were told the test subjects were dead. Oh, wow. So they were dead, and they escaped? And they're so re- they're not dead no more, just so you know. They're, they're re- probably Welcome undead. The they're reanimated. Ah, that's, well, that sounds really cool. With science. Love science. With science. science. With science. False news, or fake news. Fake news. <laughs> With fake news. <laughs> um, so that sounds like a lot of fun. I have fun. There's something really exciting coming up uh, soon for Crit Academy too. You don't say. Yeah, I do say. Are we canceled? No, not yet. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I got, I hope not. As long as we got a listener and I'm willing to do this, I suppose uh, we won't give up, but, (laughs) um, but anyways, uh, we are going to be, so there's a convention, uh, in the end of March, I think it's March 23rd called Shudokan. It's an anime convention and Crit Academy has a panel there. We do. We are doing something kind of different. It's not so much for the show, but, um, we're going to be running a a, a D and D adventure called choose a call titled choose your own adventure. And our goal is to have a couple players, probably Ian and Brandon at the very least, um, and they're going to be presented with choices. And just like Deadpool, once those should they have those choices, they're going to turn to the audience and discuss their choices and why they should do this or that. And the audience is essentially going to vote on which action to take. I thought I broke the door down. I said we pick the lock. Well, why would? And so then they, you would want to go into more. Well, why should you pick the lock over breaking the door down? Yeah, because it's quiet. They won't hear us coming. There could be a guard on the other side of the door. We don't know that. But do you care? No, because breaking down the door is quick. And it surprises the other guy. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're really excited for that. Um, so we are taking any uh, advice from any of the listeners. If you have any ideas how to fully engage, uh, one of the ideas that I was brainstorming is having uh, uh, little pieces of paper on some of the seats in the panel. That says, if you sit here, you are officially an NPC, and it'll have uh, three bullet points of knowledge that they have, and uh, one uh, emotional description of how that person should act. So they can sit there, and when you guys go looking for the big bad, and you go talk to you literally get up and go talk to this person, and ask them what they know, and hopefully they will engage you on that level. At least that's some, one of the plans I have. So I'm really excited for that, and I hope you guys are yeah. too. Dude, this is supposed to be a stealth mission. The guards can't sound the alarm. They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so that kind of, uh, w- well, that's kind of what's going on in our realm. So, if they wanted to submit any ideas or contact us, how would they do that, fellas? Well, they can do lots of things. I mean, they can go to our Facebook page, our Facebook group. They get emails at uh, at gmail dot com. We have a Twitter too, don't we? We have a Twitter. We have a Twitter that I've never seen. <laughs> I keep thinking about that. <laughs> I, I we have a Twitter, um, so you can contact us through all those ways. We also have a Crit Nation community Facebook group, so I encourage all of our listeners to go there. Uh, I'm going to start posting more and more stuff to there, and less directly to our page. The stuff that will be directly to our page will be tied specifically to the show because I always post random shit that I just think is interesting and funny. Usually, it's it's funny and, and stupid, but posing questions and, and, and stuff to the community so you can get involved with everyone there. So that's where we're at with that. Okay. And obviously at Shudokan, we're going to have players expel, explore the realms that D&D present forward. Yeah. And, so, and if they want to find other realms, they can go to Audible, where they can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Academy. Audible has over 180,000 titles for you to choose from. For all of your mobile devices. Yes. Now let's move on to segment two, Crit Nation's feedback of Let's Talk About Blank! Yeah! Yeah! We love this part, and look at this name. This is a sexy-ass name from patron Rick Sharp. Ooh, yeah. So he, you can stab someone with that name. So I listened to episode 57 <laughs> with a fighter archetype, and I think Ian has a good idea of a wizard that uses a longbow as his arcane focus of his spells. I would actually like to hear more thoughts on that sometime. Archetype. Well, well, that co- <laughs> Fuck you. It's archetype. 
Actually, Archetypes is right. But yeah, I know it's Archetypes. It's He's just time. being a douche. <laughs> What's new? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Okay, yeah, Rick, that's actually a good question. But a lot of my uh, view on the topic came from the fact that in the earlier editions, such as 3.5, as well as the spin-off Pathfinder, they did have the Arcane Archer there as a prestige class. And mm-hmm. for those of you old school guys who don't know, spe- prestige classes were stuff you could multi-class into if you fit the prereqs for it. Mm-hmm. And one of the prereqs for the Arcane Archer was being at least level 6 in any spellcasting class. And some of the features that were given to you if you leveled up in the Arcane Archer class, you only got 10 levels of it, mm-hmm. is, like, some stuff we did see already, such as, like, the arrow that can face your objects. Right, right. As, or the arrow that can that can curve around corners because you target somebody in particular. Mm-hmm. And they managed to, I think, effectively capture that with some of the po- possible, well, not maneuvers that you can do as the Arcane Archer, but you know what I mean. Right. But some of the stuff that you could do in those past editions were that... For, for starters, any arrow you fire from your bow automatically became ma- magical when it came to factor in like a damage reduction. Okay. In, in 3.5, the ammunition actually leveled up as you leveled up in the Arcane Archer. Huh. Like, like your arrows automatically became a plus one, plus two, plus three, right, so right. Up, whereas in Pathfinder, they allowed you to make the arrow an elemental type. And, and as you level up up there, they could even like explode on impact once you leveled up enough. Right. So, so I could shoot an arrow and it could turn into a fire arrow. Yeah. If I wanted to do or an ice. Yeah, but wait, there's more. And <laughs> but wait, there's more. Okay. For only nine ninety nine of ten or ten easy payments of nine ninety nine. But one of the other standout features of the Arcane Archer yeah. class, though, from those past editions, were that when you cast spells, you basically can shoot. For some spells, you say the it originates right there. Or spells that originate from you, they come from you, but the Arcane Archers could fire an arrow and an impact, they could make the source where the arrow impacts if you hit. Okay. So, like, uh, what's, what's that one cantrip that lets you do, like, a verse from where you're standing? What? Just, just for an example. What? I don't know uh, cantrip. I don't, I don't, Thunderclap? I don't, play, I don't play magical characters. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let's use Thunderclap as an example. Let's say, like, Thunderclap comes from you. You can make it... If, if you hit your target, Thunderclap then go off when you hit that target and the source is where the arrow impacted on not, the target. Not from you. Right. So basically, you're choosing the root uh, source of the spell. That's yep. awesome. You could deafen people from hundreds of yards away. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I read this... So, so I, I guess to me, if they wanted to bring over that archetype into 5th edition, I think in many ways it should have been a wizard archetype and not a fighter archetype. <laughs> By the way, that's my two cents on that topic. And obviously the Designers that Wizards of the Coast decided not, not to go that route, and that's their decision, obviously. But right, right, yeah. yeah. So when I was reading this, um, I actually had some interesting ideas and thoughts on this. Um, I think that you totally could do this just by reflavoring your spells and saying that. Have you guys seen uh, Bleach? Yeah. The, the what's the Quincy's ability that? They basically make this energy bow that forms around their hand. I easily can see a, a wizard deci- deciding to say that this ability has been part of their their unique uh, lineage yeah. or heritage. And when they hold out their hand and they chant words, this like energy bow appears around their hand. And they can pull the string and then they can choose to launch abilities. Like just a regular arrow would be like a firebolt. 
right? Or a swarm of arrows. Or a swarm of arrows. Because um, fi- when uh, Firebolt gets more powerful as it levels up, so you can describe it getting like a bigger and bigger arrow or a bigger blast of energy. But the same goes for any a lot of the other spells, too. If you use any spell that's projectile for Firebolt, for example, you could easily just say you draw on your bow and this big blast of energy just gathers and gathers until it launches in a big streaking burst of energy. You know, to me, that would be something super easy to get close to using the current in-game mechanics. Sure. Because it's completely just saying, okay, instead of waving my hands and firebolt leeching from, leaping from my fingertips, it's, I have this big magical bow that just poof, appears out of nowhere and allows me to do some wicked cool shit. And you could even take it a step farther. Maybe he decided it looks like a crossbow. Maybe you can change its form. But any, any way you can. Or a can, javelin. Or a javelin. Yeah, like, like lightning bolts, like Zeus, right? Throw it. Um, to me, I thought that that would be, a, if you really wanted to do something like that, you could do that within the confine, confines of the current, um, class without really any changes. Just the way you describe it. Right. Uh, I'll fix the no- notes here in a second. Sorry about so that. So much you can do with reflavors. Yeah, and that, that, really that, is. that, that, that's kind of the whole point that we constantly touch on is that you don't have to mechanically change a bunch of shit. To get what you want. And I think this is a good way to do that. Now, you have some people who are sticklers for some stuff and might not allow you to do I don't know why a DM wouldn't allow you to do something like this. But he might say, well, that's not how wizards work. Well, a wizard's unique. I mean, when you use your somatic spells, it doesn't say you move your hand in a circle and twiggle your fingers and, and poof, you know, do jazz fingers or what is it called? <laughs> jazz hands. Jazz hands, jazz you know. Hands. It doesn't say all that. It leaves it to your imagination. And this is no different. So... Um, and that'll do it for our Let's Talk About Blank segment. Rick, thank you so much for your submission. Thank you so much for your patronage. We hope that you enjoy, obviously you enjoy the show a lot and we appreciate it and keep being awesome, dude. Dude. So moving on to our main topic, we have Xanathar's Guide to Everything Paladin. Paladin. A paladin is a living embodiment of an oath. A promise or a vow made manifest to the person of a holy warrior who has the skill and the determination to see the cause through to the end. Some paladins devote themselves expressly to protecting the innocent and spreading justice in the world. While While others resolve to attain the goal by conquering those who stand defiant and bring them under the rule of law. That was my brother. He took my book. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was inappropriate. Thematically, Dad. No, that's spot on, man. (laughs) Fantastic. Handsome guy. What's that called? Isn't there more, though? Improv. Yep. There's more. So, in uh, D&D 5th edition, the archetypes for the paladin are called sacred oaths. Dang right. So, we've got some two really cool ones in this book today. And the first one is... The Oath of Conquest. Conquest. The Oath of Conquest calls to paladins who seek glory in battle and the subjugation of their enemies. It isn't enough for these paladins to establish order. They must crush the forces of chaos, sometimes called night tyrants or ironmongers. Those who swear this oath gather into, into grim orders that serve gods or philosophies of war and well-ordered might. That's awesome. So, the first part of your paladin is the abilities you get at level 3 when you choose your sacred oath. Um, this oath starts with uh, the tenets of conquest. So, those tenets are douse the flame of hope. Crush your enemies. 
<laughs> it is not enough to merely defeat an enemy in battle. Your victory must be so overwhelming that your enemy's will to fight is shattered forever. A blade can end a life. Fear can end an empire. This reminds me of something like Vegeta. You know what I mean? Hey, Vegeta. <laughs> Does Nappa want to do the next tenet? Yeah. <laughs> Which one? The rule with the iron fist? <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd appreciate that. Rule with an iron fist. Once you have conquered, tolerate no dissent. Your word is law. Those who obey it, those who defy it, shall be punished as an example to all who might follow. <laughs> is that right, Vegeta? Vegeta! Strength above all. You shall rule until a stronger one arises. Then you must grow mightier and meet the challenge, or fall to your own ruin. Obey the fist! <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. So, the oh, the Conquest has got some really baller <laughs> shit going for it, doesn't it? Dude, like, some aspects of this makes uh, the uh, Oath of Vengeance look like sissies. I, doesn't it? It yeah. really does. Okay. so And that's saying something, too. Yeah, right. So, at third level, when you, you get access uh, to this Oath, you get your channel Divinity, which is just awesome. You get Conquering Presence. You can now use your channel divinity to exude a terrifying presence. As an action, you force each creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet of you to make a wisdom saving throw. And on a failed save, the creatures become frightened of you for one minute. A frightened creature can repeat its save at the end of each of its turns, ending itself. To me, this is just like powering up. You're like, oh my god, how is it going to go? Hey, you! Fuck this. (laughs) This is very much like dragon type stuff, because dragons have abilities like this where they're just intimidating just being, you know? (laughs) Next up is Guy. Hi, how are you? So do you think do you think this conquering presence is something like would they like flex their muscles or would they just exude this aura that just trembles the death stare? Ooh, like my wife's got that. I think yeah. she's my <laughs> wife's a paladin. My wife is a conquest paladin. I stand there straight. You're at she's not walking right now. Chest out. Your eyes are slightly open. Their pupils are like super tiny. They just got that stare in their face. Like an anime that shoots a little lightning across the room. When people just walk up to this guy and give them their wallet. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> and their other the Channel Divinity feature is Guided Strike. You use your Channel Divinity to strike with supernatural accuracy. When you make an attack roll, you can use your Channel Divinity to gain a plus 10 to the attack roll. Jesus! <laughs> you make this choice after you see the roll, but before the DM says... Whether this attack hits and misses. Uh, now, so... That's a bummer if you roll a 20. It's like, ah, well... So, no, 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 no. You, you have to use it after, after the roll, but yeah. before the DM that you hit. Yeah, so... Oh, I rolled oh. a, I rolled a 10. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guided strike that. Okay. So, so, obviously, that doesn't sound very exciting, other than mechanically it's baller. But how do you, how do you imagine that working flavor-wise? Well, mechanically, I know one thing that helps out with the, uh, what's it called? The two-handed to the feet... Do you want a weapon feat? Do you want a weapon mastery? That's awesome, but that didn't even come remotely close to asking answering my question. <laughs> well, get, well <laughs> because you take a negative five penalty to add more damage to your attack when you use that feat. This negates that outright. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and, that's cool. And then adds some. He's wise. He's going for a swing, right? The sword, and he stumbles. He just catches himself and just launches his weight into the sword. Okay, so that's still not that exciting. Well, what do you want from me? Well, it's gotta, it's gotta be empowering and sound awesome, like guided strike, like freaking uh, 
Thor holding up his hammer and lightning striking it and then coming down. Something like that. Well, that's that's kind of what I envision. on after the roll, which means you're in the process of attacking. So, well, not necessarily. At, at the last second, it's like you're going to miss. A divine glows and appears t- along your sword and guides it towards your enemies. See, that's cool. Attack it! Oh! <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that... Uh, <laughs> I was going down a little bit. Well, excuse me. I wasn't using that. Where's my thing? There it is. Whee! Here we go. I was saying your pants, but... Uh. <laughs> my pants? What about my pants? You said, where's my thing? Oh, well, it's not there either. It's in the leech's jar somewhere. <laughs> Locked away for me to use occasionally. You're going to come back this way. Guys, I found my penis. <laughs> it's under the bed. There's no balls attached to it, but there's, there it is. I'm still looking for the testicles. I think they're buried in the yard somewhere. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I envision, like, uh, you ever watch uh, Thundercats when he does the thunder, thunder, thunder? So maybe it just grows a little bit and allows you to get a little extra range, I guess, or a little extra oomph. I don't know, something like that. I when you do this, make sure you you talk it up, whether you're the DM or you're the player, because otherwise, oh, I'm just gonna plus ten. Oh, okay, that's cool. He's here. I know. Call that Thundercats before. Shut up, you fucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, additionally, at third level, uh, you gain access to your first first oath spells. Armor of Agathis and command. What does Armor of Agathus do? It gives you temporary hit points. Oh, yeah. So you've got this. You're. <laughs> so now that you've got this energy of, like, vile, like, like this conquering. Com- what is it? The, um, the, the, the fear thing. Maybe you could have, if you use this Armor of Agathus to create a temporary. Uh... You mean intimidation? Yes, that word. Thank you, dear God. <laughs> um, so, so now that you've got this aura of intimidation about you, you can have. This armor of Agathus kind of enhanced that a little bit, right? What kind of armor visual thing would go with something like that? Black spiky armor with like a uh, bright glow coming from the cracks. Ooh, like like a, like a, like an ethereal armor kind yeah. of thing. Ooh, that's cool. I like that. Or uh, maybe- you liked it. <laughs> you liked it. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you also get access to the command spell. You just tell people what to do, and they what do it. commands. Yeah, sit. Kneel. <laughs> Kneel before Zod. I <laughs> beat you to it. Um, something like that. And you can get pretty creative with some of these words. <laughs> so once again, you're using that kind of intimidation kind of uh, mantra to get done what you want. What's that? I, I'm looking at the, the spell command. It says, oh, I hear something. You got approach, drop, flee, growl, and halt. I'm just thinking approach. The target was towards you. I'm like... That must suck. If you're already intimidating, and they're and you're and that person's frightened by the time they get to you, they better be wearing brown pants because they just shit themselves. It's like I don't want to come closer, but I am. <laughs> this is not fun at all. I hope he wears brown pants today. Um, very cool. There's a reason why I wear red armor. <laughs> so, kind of in that same vein, at fifth level, you get access to two new uh, abilities as well. In hold person is very much. Uh, uh, one of these things, and once again, oh, you. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you basically you're using you're imposing your will on people just to convince them to do stuff and paralyzing somebody. You can have the look, the locking paralyzed look, man. Like you just like whip over and snap your neck over and look at them, eyes furrowed, like one of those serious anime characters or like yeah. those old kung fu movies, right? What? <laughs> And the other level five O spell you get is spiritual weapon. 
which is awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah I just looked at us. You make a weapon that beer filling the air, and they attack people for you. Once again, if you're going for that very intimidating thing, you can't just say, oh, I make a long sword. No, man. You make the most jagged, effed up looking sword you can imagine. Make this thing look terrifying. The blade looks like you packed look up like to the end. Poke you, your intestines are just going to fall out. <laughs> what, what, there's a, what is there? There's a blade in, uh, in one of the Hellboy movies, I it's think. A scythe with a scythe on a scythe. A scythe with a scythe on a scythe? <laughs> a lot of scythes. It's like that scythe scythe from Gundam Wing. <laughs> Is that where you got that from? Uh, he used to love Duo. Maybe. I, I was so, thinking about it. But yeah, so <laughs> once again, kind of going with that uh, going with that kind of theme, when you do create a spiritual weapon, make something that is scary as hell. And a scythe, that sounds awesome. I'd definitely do that. If you got to reflavor uh, a current weapon. The hilt on it has a skull with glowing red eyes. <laughs> that follow you. <laughs> maybe. Like ooh, ooh, maybe. Maybe. I like this. If you cast Spirit Weapon and it's out when you use Hold Person, maybe you can flavor it as like the eyes burst and lock onto somebody and like lasers shoot from them and lock them in place or something like that. You can intimidate the hell out of somebody with this spell. Yeah. With Hold Person and Spiritual Weapon. Oh, yeah. You, you make a blade, you start spinning it, you hold that person, you inch them closer, and you just say, oh, Tell me what I want to know. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's funny to mention that considering the level 7 feature. Oh, yeah, very much. So that kind of, that, you, you want to take that? Leads us right into it. You're <laughs> starting at 7th level. You constantly emanate a menacing aura while you're not incapacitated. The aura extends 10 feet from you in every direction, but not through total cover. If a creature is frightened of you, its speed is reduced to zero while zero. inside the aura, and that creature takes psychic damage equal to half your paladin level That's and starts its turn there. And at level 18, this range of the aura is a 30 feet. <laughs> this is terrifying. This is a p- perfect class for, like, a Grim Reaper-style build. Yeah. Yeah. Just scared shitless, can't even move type of thing. Yeah, I mean that that goes in with what you were kind of. He was right. What you were just talking about, like the scythe just spinning in the air and like moving them closer and closer to. A f- you know, normally you think you like choke choking somebody and moving them, but if you force them to move on their own, uh, oh my gosh, that would be so much fun. Oh yeah, I swear that was the chair. You would say the person sitting there going, "I wish I was dead right now." That <laughs> uh, could make that happen. So that that is just awesome. So once again, you're emanating this me- menace. See, I would have to feel like I would have to do something with like shadows or or like a black fog or something along those lines with this, you know, because that kind of to me saying you emanate an aura is kind of cool, but having some physical manifestation of it is way cooler. Great, nothing but berserker from fate zero. Once again, yes, my wife is definitely a conquest paladin. <laughs> Because this shit happens all... I, sh- I literally have been walking out the door and then stopped dead in my tracks by something she said. <laughs> I don't know if that was whole person or the aura of conquest, but <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, Alright, so uh, at ninth level, uh, you gain access to uh, two new oath spells. Uh, fear being a big one. Once again, we're following that same trend of being able to intimidate and control your way just by imposing your will on people and being so frightened the higher level i would get i would like start with like little shadows first kind of dancing around me and then maybe as you get higher level they start to turn into like a like a dark armor and you became like come like a like uh the lich from uh the lich king from uh or the rings <laughs> you just lost like a million nerd points by the way that's World of Warcraft is the Lich King. But, you know, you start... or, or uh, He's in Lord of the Rings, too, you dick. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not wrong. Oh, uh, well, what the fuck ever. Actually, Anyways. that's Witch King and Lord of the Rings. Lich. What the hell is that noise? <sighs> Ads and spell out. Okay, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what I was thinking is more like, um, what's the, what's, the, is that the big guy that gets his finger cut off with the ring in the very first one? That's Saruman. Saruman, yeah, like, Sauron. like Sauron. that. Sauron. Well, whatever the hell his name you is. You can't diss the Lord of the Rings. Okay, I didn't diss him. I just, they all, <laughs> they all, Sauron. Sauron's a they all sound the same to me, okay? Wizard. But anyways, um, his big dark thing, like, I imagine, like, having, like, a spectral armor that kind of just appears around you, and that's how it's portrayed these, these abilities that you get, and you become intimidating, your face is blocked out, stuff like that. Yeah, that next one. Bestokers. That does not help. No. It does not help the uh, the victim. You don't have to read the spell, but do you want to brief give us a brief summary about how amazing Bestokers is? Yeah, you touch somebody and they feel their wisdom saving throw. You can do a few nasty things to them. Like, uh, when they're cursed, they have disadvantage on ability checks and saving throws made with that ability score. They have to disadvantage on attack rolls roll against you. If uh, They might already have some of that already. Wow. And... Well, a curse, they must make a wisdom saving throw at the start of each of their turns, and if it fails, they waste its action and, do- and does nothing. Or, when t- cursed, y- your attacks and spells against them does an extra 1-8 necrotic damage. Wow. Right. I would say drop down their uh, ability. What level spell is that? Um, it's a third level, uh, third level necromancy spell, but once again, we get that at... Uh, Fifth level? Uh, ninth level. Ninth level. Yeah, which, well, that's kind of far which, up. What saving throw would be used to uh, get away from someone or break wisdom. some break somebody's intimidation? Insights or wisdom? Yeah, you knock that thing down, give them disadvantage on that. They're not going to get away. Right, right. They're going to be stuck in this forever, scared but too scared to run away, like pissing and shitting themselves. This sounds so yeah. ass backwards for the paladin. And uh, if you use <laughs> cast at higher spell casting levels, the duration just lasts longer. Goes from right, right. What is the is it tar- one target? Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, it goes from one minute to ten minutes to eight hours to twenty four hours. Okay, yeah, nobody cares yeah. about that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's pretty awesome. I I to- I have to build a character and just name it Alicia. <laughs> I've never seen a uh, paladin build that is strictly based on fear. Oh. Uh, all right, and at thirteenth <laughs> level, kind of once again, we, there's clearly a strong trend here. You get access to dominate beast and um, stone skin, and dominate beast does kind of speak for itself. Yeah, what about stone skin? I assume that raises your AC. <laughs> I would, I would assume or resistance uh, until the spend spell ends. You have resistance to non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. It allows you to absorb and mitigate uh, more damage, which is always nice. So if they do manage to overcome their fear of you, you big giant monster beast you, um, they still will be less effective uh, through stone skin, uh, if you have stone skin active. How long does that last? Last for an hour. That's awesome. And I don't think it's concentration. Um, so uh, at 15th level, you get access to a really cool ability called Scornful Rebuke. Those who dare to strike you are physically punished for their audacity. <laughs> Whenever a creature hits you with an attack, that creature takes psychic damage equals to your equal to your charisma modifier if you're not incapacitated. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm you guys, sorry uh, you. you guys see the old spawn? Yep. You know how he's got those little Wait, chains? No, no. The the movie where he's got the little chains and they're like con- they're alive and they're snapping on their own. Having something like that, like somebody tries to strike you and a part of your body or your equipment just comes to life and starts countering and trying to slash them and, and, and strike them. Now, this is psychic damage, uh, specifically. So, once again, the, the, to me, that really isn't a physical 
um, thing. It's just you look at them and they get all pissed. They get like get like a shock through their system. But to me, I would ma- try to make this more physical if I could. Like, my, the, remember we talked about like the shadows or the smoke around you, and maybe they form into like a Ow. mouth and try to bite into them or something like that, kind of to counter counter uh, like snapping at them. I remember that movie came out. We're super ex- excited. Yeah. We're so stoked for it to come out. Like, dude, the Spawn movie's out. Yeah. Their parents, you're not going to watch that? Well, fuck. <laughs> I want to watch the HBO series, actually. Is it good? I want to watch it. Them boys oh. haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay, I gotcha. <laughs> but but Spawn's voice by Keith, Keith, yeah, Keith David, so... Okay, that sounds fantastic. Goliath from Gargoyles. Yeah, I love gar- Gargoyles. I just shared something about that. It was like 20 years... Th- <laughs> Twenty years ago, this sometime that's like last month or so it was released, right? I remember yeah, when it premiered at five p.m. and it just like uh, I was watching Aladdin when it was on Fox, and then they sh- start playing this. I'm like, what the heck is this? I think Vikings and the- okay, they're going to cancel that. That statue just explode into a monster. <laughs> <laughs> that, by the way, if you're looking for a source of inspiration, go watch Gargoyles. Seriously, it's awesome. It's watch, a great meld of any 90s action cartoon. <laughs> it, well, it's a great meld of like um ancient magic with like the new age and Shakespeare. And Shakespeare. Oh, very much. Very good stuff. Um anyways, I mean for Pete's sake, John Wright Davis voiced Macbeth. <laughs> Actually, half the show was on Star Trek at some point. Was it? Oh, that's awesome. Those people. John Wright, uh Jonathan Franks voiced Thanatos. He played Commander Riker. Oh, yeah, see, I don't watch Star Trek, so... Uh. Uh, anyways, so, um, at 17th level, you get access to a new collection of Oath Spells. No longer is Dominate Beast your only strength, but Dominate Person. You can literally control somebody with a word. That's amazing. Yep. Just like you. Yeah, you. Buff my- I'd be using it to make people buff my shoes. Like you, clean my blade. Shine my armor. Are you sure you want to waste the high-level spell slot for that? Oh, yes, I do. There's mud and blood all over this shit. <laughs> By the way, there's never anything wrong with using your power as a mind controller to get people just do stuff for you. That's a convenience of life that has nothing to do with combat because it's hilarious. I like my guns like I like my women. Recently discharged and covered in blood. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> wow. That's a Deadpool quote. <laughs> Holy shit. Alright, and the other one you get is Cloud Kill. Oh my. And we were reading this one with God. holy crap. Yeah, least. we just read this. It's like, oh, that sounds painful. Especially when you Why get- don't you share that with everybody? Yeah. You- uh, you- go, go, go right ahead. You create a 20-foot radius sphere of poisonous yellow-green fog centered on one point. And it goes around corners. Every turn, it moves 10 feet away from you. So you're, you're throwing so it. So it's, con- it's continually it's expanding con- It's out. continuous. And it is heavier than air, so it will go down a hole if it goes over a hole. It billows. And uh, if you enter it, or if you start your turn in it, you take, what was it, 5d8 poison damage on a failed save. Wow. And it's a constitution saving throw. And considering that uh. the uh, ability you have to make people not move. Yeah, I know, right? They can't, like, run away from it. And here's the worst part. Creatures- or you could even just say... You cannot hold your breath. Yeah, creatures are affected even if they hold their breath. Oh, well, there breath. you go. Okay. Wow, that's that awesome. Just like, <laughs> Denied. <laughs> that sounds so awesome. Nothing's worth more worse than vomiting in the middle of a fight. <laughs> or having a case oh of my God. diarrhea. So it's funny <laughs> you guys say that because I've been YouTubing some stuff and then somehow I got yeah. sucked into jackass stuff. <laughs> um, and I just watched the... Uh, the... Uh, Poo t- Cocktail Supreme, where they put him in a uh, a used uh, portable toilet outhouse, yeah. 
and put it on bungee cords and shot it and it went boing 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 oh, with him yeah. inside of it and threw uh, it everywhere. Uh, oh my god, I almost vomited in my mouth. But that led to me watching like twenty other videos. <laughs> I just love YouTube. I do. It's great. Uh I'm surprised those guys aren't all dead yet. Right. You get, you get on at eight PM, how to get better at Rocket League. Uh some tips for Rocket League, one AM. <laughs> how to create a fire out of sticks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh God, all right too. so that suggestive videos oh how to knit this sounds like fun <laughs> so that does it for the oath of conquest no it doesn't doesn't it no which one did we miss invincible how conqueror? about the level how about the level 20 so at 20th level you get your capstone <laughs> ability the invincible conqueror you gain the ability to harness extraordinary martial prowess as an action, you can magically become an avatar of conquest, gaining the following benefits for a minute. You gain resistance to damage, all damage, which is amazing. Yep. Um, and when you take an attack action on your turn, you can make an additional attack as part of your attack action. Yep. Which is awesome. And your crit range goes from 20 to 19 to 20, which is amazing. Now, you could argue that the, the, you could argue so, you could do so much with the quote term avatar of conquest. Um, I envision once again, kind of maybe you growing a little bit in size and you start to shine or glow and you get this, like, you ever watch the old Hercules movies where you get the gods have this little energy about them? Yeah. I was say, isn't an avatar in the D&D world, like some super powerful being or half god or something? Sure. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I've heard that from an at level twenty. You might as you're almost a god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah once again, thinking uh, B- Berserker from Fate Zero. Right, right. He was basically walking through the plate mail with glowing red eyes and shadows coming from his armor <laughs> from its cracks. Sounds like a paladin of conquest. Oh, and any adjective he grabs becomes a magic item, like King Midas type shit. No, as in <gasps> someone Midas th- touch, <laughs> like someone, th- like when I mean, threw two X at them. And then he caught them. This like became magic axes. <laughs> and then he threw them back. And yes. then like like plowed right through his armor. That's yep. awesome. <laughs> oh jeez. All right. So uh, so that's awesome. W- overall, what are your guys' thoughts on the the um, I love it. Oath of Conquest. Lots it of does one. sound amazing, huh? It, lots of controlling. Yeah, lots of controlling. And 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 originally, I thought the the fighter, uh, the purple knight, was very controlly. Um, then this guy. Shows and then up. this guy shows up. I was like, knight. damn. <laughs> Prince. All right, so that does it. Purple, <laughs> red, purple red. Oh, God, please stop singing. Um, so that does it for the Oath of Conquest. <laughs> uh, who wants to take up the first uh, Oath of Redemp- this Oath of Redemption up here on the screen? He does. <laughs> the Oath of Redemption sets a paladin on a difficult path, one that requires a holy warrior to use violence solely as a last resort. The paladins who dedicate themselves... To this oath, believe that any person can be redeemed, and that the path of benevolence and justice is one that anyone can walk. These paladins face evil creatures in the hope of turning their foes to the light, and they slay their enemies only when such a deed will clearly save others' lives. The paladins who follow this path are known as redeemers. So this reminds me of what uh, the traditional paladin is, right? Yeah. The priest? No. The, somebody who doesn't necessarily <laughs> want to kill somebody but wants to convert them. I think we had a... Do we have a character concept? It was like... Probably. Because I remember you saying something along, he's like, power of Christ compels you, bitch! I swear <laughs> to God, the wizards of the coast are taking our ideas without telling us. 
They listen to our show. We love you. Don't sue us. <laughs> and their tenets include those of redemption, peace, innocence, Boo. patience, and wisdom. Boo. Boo. Isn't that the creed of the Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, so all those are pretty simple. It's all about being a goody two-shoes, right? Being, you know, their goal is to set people on the righteous path, even if they've made mistakes, so, it seems. Uh, the opposite of the Oath of Conquest. <laughs> Com- <Yep>. Complete opposite. <laughs> uh, man, that's funny. You get a lot of... Uh, cool stuff but you start with your channel divinity you get the first channel divinity you get is your emissary of uh, emissary of peace you can use your channel divinity uh to augment your presence and divine power uh as a bonus action you basically can grant yourself a plus five bonus to your persuasion check for the next 10 minutes nice great 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 thing for dealing with nobles and trying to uh trying to get your way in general which i think is fantastic and inspiring people Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. The second uh, channel divinity uh, option is rebuke the violent. Uh, you can use your channel divinity um, to uh, on those who fight and do violence. Immediately after an attacker within 30 feet of you deals damage against a creature other than you, you can use your reaction to force the attacker to make a wisdom save. Uh, if they fail, the attacker takes radiant damage equal to... Uh, the dam- uh, damage that they dealt. So basically, <laughs> no, bad. Basically, it's a backhanded <laughs> bitch slap. Is uh, it's it's a, a, a holy bitch slap, right? So the enemy ogre like a Christmas ally. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's a hell of a backhand. That's like like yeah, a holy backhand, man. I love that. <laughs> I like that it specifically says against other people and not yourself. <laughs> Go with Christ. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you, bitch. <laughs> no bad slap. <laughs> bad bad golem. <laughs> oh, that is really really cool. Um, who wants to take the the things there? <laughs> All right. I don't remember. And at level three, the the oath spells they gain are sleep, and that one pretty much speaks for itself. I mean, you can sanctuary. I'm gonna go on a rant for sleep real quick. Sleep. Is a very potent spell early on. At low levels, oh, yes. there's, there's no, there's no save. Just if they've got hit dice, boom, they're out. Now that being said, people usually use it uh, after combat or before or before combat or before combat engages. But if you actually use this in the middle of combat when a powerful enemy is weak, you can knock them out instantly. Yep, yeah. it's very cool. Uh, and then also you get access to sanctuary and sanctuary. You ward a creature within range thirty oh. feet against attacks. Until the spell ends, any creature who targets a warded creature with an attack or a harmful spell must first make a wisdom saving throw. On the failed save, the, the creature must choose a new target or lose the attacker's spell. That's cool. It does not protect against area effects. Like or holy fi- bitch slaps. Like fireball. But the warded creature makes an attack or casts a spell that affects an enemy creature, the spell ends. So once again, it's a very... This is very much a character that's good about being more of a pacifist-style play where they don't want people to kill each other. I can picture a paladin... Let's get the scenario. The enemy taking forces on the other side of a bridge, and the paladin goes, Guys, I got this. Walks into the middle middle of the bridge, plants his sword in the middle, and casts sanctuary on himself, and does the whole you shall not pass thing. (laughs) Very cool. That's, That's a very good... I like that. Um... So, uh, yeah, very cool. Uh, at 5th level, you gain access to Calm Emotions. Guess what that does? 
it calms people down. I wish I had this. Rage. Yeah, I wish I had this spell because sometimes emotions, people. Emotions, emotions. There's some people that get really nuts, and I'm just like, dude, take a chill pill. <laughs> Ooh, that could be your mantra, the the verbal component to casting calm emotions. Dude, take a chill pill. <laughs> and then the other one is hold person, which we've kind of already talked about. Um, so you shall not pass once again is kind of being able to lock them down, which is really good. Put prevent the chill them, pill in your mouth. Them, Preventing them from uh, hurting anybody. At 7th level, you gain access to the Aura of the Guardian. You can shield others from harm at the cost of your own health. Ooh. When a creature within 10 feet of you takes damage, you can use your reaction to magically take that damage instead of that creature taking it. This feature doesn't transfer any other effects that might accompany the damage, and this damage can't be reduced in any way. That's pretty amazing. Yep. So that's saying if someone tries to set somebody on fire, you take the damage anyways, but you don't get lit but, on fire. But they get lit on fire, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you envision something like that working? Because it doesn't seem... I mean... You would have to have, like... Is it some sort of tether? Or does, like, <laughs> like a portal open up and their blade cut through? Well, no, because they're saying it's, <laughs> it's hitting the person. Like, maybe, for example, when, like, the blade... Strike somebody else. The wounds like glows and disappears, and the same glow suddenly appears on you at the same spot. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I- like you hit them, and then a dent appears in your armor instead of theirs. Oh, that's so awesome! Something like that. Yeah, like uh, there was a Cheech and Chong movie. It was yeah, like I was that, wasn't it? That. <laughs> Where the, the, the two brothers? Yeah, like he stab himself, and his brother feels it or whatever. The open wound. Op- or those two GI Joe twins. I don't know. Which, I haven't seen the. Was that in the second one? No, it's a cartoon. I haven't seen that cartoon in so many years. It's half the battle. <laughs> What's the other half? Kill the commie bastards. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, Fuck. At ninth level, you learn some pretty interesting abilities. First, I want to talk about Counterspell. I love Counterspell, and I'm sure that our buddy Matt loves it too. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I'm going to be a dragon. Nope. <laughs> Deny, bitch. <laughs> Should have thought about that. Oh, man. He I was, was sad. so mad. You could he see was it in his so face. well. He said he planned out this whole plan to become this big giant thing, and we're all. But to be fair, all three of us were thinking like, "Why was that not plan A?" Yeah, that <laughs> should have been the first thing he yeah. did. But when I finally got in the room with him, I'm like, "Oh, oh, hell no! Uh, uh-uh, I ain't got time with this shit." Boom, counterspell. <laughs> he, I think, always... I think, I think he started to like started to change, and we described it as his bones crunch and bank and twist. Something kind of just forces his body to revert back. It was pretty great. Oh, I'll never was, forget that game. His face, priceless. Yeah, your face was priceless too when I stabbed your ass. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that was a great game. Do you yeah, know how hard it was fun. to not kill all of you until the very end? <laughs> yeah, uh, I could have sworn one of us would have been dead by then. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so counter spell is awesome. Being able to stop somebody from uh, completing a powerful uh, offensive ability is always fantastic. Just ask Vecna um, and Twitter. Uh, critical role. And then there's a hypnotic pattern where you create twisting patterns of colors that weave through the air inside a 30-foot cube for them range. And the pattern and each creature within the area who seeks the pair must make a wisdom saving throw. And if they fail, they become charmed for the duration. And when they are charmed, their speed, the creature is incapacitated and has a speed of zero. That's an AoE effect, right? Yep. 
That is a powerful ass spell. And it and ends if they take any damage. Or if somebody else sees an action to knock him out the stupor. Yeah, <laughs> so I had all, a I had people affected one. <laughs> well I had I had a uh, <laughs> basically that's what happened, but I had a uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a group that was trying to escape uh, some soldiers and they didn't know what else to do in 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 uh I think it was a warlock. Was it a warlock or a wizard? I don't remember. Um, said, hey, I want to do this, and then tell everyone to freeze. So he runs out, he casts Hypnotic Pattern, and they all just stop moving. As if they're frozen too, and the soldiers just okay. went right by him. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I guess you had to be there, since I'm getting zero reaction from the two people staring at their phones. Look at those spells, you dick! <laughs> I know you are. Especially this next one that nobody knows what it is. I never heard um, of it. <laughs> at 13th level, you gain access to stone skill, and once again... <laughs> You get access to stone skin once again, very defensive. It allows you to reduce uh, damage incoming, so anytime you can mitigate that is always a uh, potent skill. You need magical, magical physical damage, yeah. But still, that's going to be a lot. That's going to reduce a lot of damage. Oh, yeah. Um, so, does anybody actually know what this spell does? It's really long, so you don't got to read the whole thing, but you can give us the rundown. On a Luke's Resilient Sphere. Ooh, you said that really good. I wasn't sure if anybody was going to get it. And you basically create a sphere shimmering force enclosing a creature or object that is large or smaller, and they must make a dex saving throw, and if they fail, they're in closer for the duration, and nothing, and I mean nothing, can pass through the barrier, in or out. Although the creature can breathe in there. And the sphere is immune to all damage, and a creature or object inside can't be damaged by attacks from the outside, either. And the sphere is weightless and large enough to contain whatever's inside it, as long as it's larger or smaller. And the enclosed creature can use its action to push against the sphere's walls, and thus roll the sphere up to hazard speed. And it's a hamster ball? Are you kidding me? Yes, it's a hamster ball. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. And the globe can be picked up and moved by other creatures, too, but a disintegrate spell can break it. Dude! You can totally put a halfling in this and toss it like a beach ball! And it lasts for a minute, by the way. <laughs> That would be a hell of a game, and then whoever whoever the bubble pops on and lands on loses like hot potato. And it is also a concentration spell, so that's awesome. I yeah, a medieval rocket league. Fucking <laughs> 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 chariots <laughs> pushing around. Yeah. I can see this using this to like uh, trap other creatures or to protect <laughs> allies or to basically create a shield wall for yourself. Yeah, I inv- I see kind of when you started talking about this, the first thing I thought of was the Dark Knight, the Batman and uh Joker scene when they're in the room. You could lock two people in there and it have like a uh um a uh an interrogation. An interrogation in yes. this thing. Put the Ultra Conquest Paladin in there with someone. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't tell me where they're at, bitch. It's like one creature though, so Oh well that's less cool. Oh. Uh, nice but anyway, try. see, see, I envision things, and then it's not actually how it goes. It makes me sad. But you know what you could do with this? You could trap the person in at the edge of a cliff, and just like <laughs> gradually push it closer and closer. You know, this will keep rolling if I keep doing it. <laughs> ha! Joke's on you. If I'm inside the sphere, it won't break. Yes, but I can disable the spell as it's it. falling. Oh. Or we can just let it sit on the edge until it's ready to about to explode or about to oh. burst. Or or you could put the ball in like a lava pit and just wait. Oh no! <laughs> it's like, huh, you're gonna tell us what we want to know? We can't just dispel it and kill you right now. <laughs> You've got one minute. <laughs> hey, come on, buddy! Okay, I talked! Oh, uh, crap, how are we gonna get him out of there? <laughs> yeah, it's covered in lava. <laughs> Liquid hot magma. <laughs> Such a sink, need to hear him. There's a ring down here! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Alright, so uh, moving on, you get access to uh, 
At 15th level, you get access to Protective Spirit. That's overpowered. A holy presence <laughs> mends your wounds in battle. You regain hit points equal to 1d6 plus half your paladin level if uh, you end your turn in combat with fewer than half your hit points remaining and are incapacitated. Well, that's pretty cool. Yep. It's basically regeneration. As long as you're below half HP. Yeah, but that's... It's still pretty nice. Of your <laughs> paladin doing it right, you're always at less than half. <laughs> <laughs> But this is also like a non-combat one, so maybe not. Um, so it says a, uh, a, a holy presence. I can see like a little, uh, like a little floating pixie orb thing kind of floating around you. Or a halo. Ooh, a halo. <sighs> halo. Oh man! Back when we were kids, when the game Halo came out, we were all driving in the car. We love Halo. Bring me Halo. Uh, yeah, yep. okay. Although, um, so it, the ability is called Protective Spirit, so maybe it's some sort of like an angelic being superimposes itself over you. Oh, that's cool. Uh, in World of Warcraft, when your paladin can get like these like cool wings behind them, it's pretty cool. Maybe it's something like that. You like burst wings, and your 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 for an instant, your wound starts to stitch up, and they flap, and then they disappear and sparkle and everything. And fabulous. You just see this blast of light from the heavens, and you see uh. <laughs> Fuck, what's his name from Diablo? Just dropped from the sky. Diablo? Not Diablo. He means one of the angels. From Diablo. The, the angel. Starts with a T. Tyrael. There yeah. you go. Okay. That's one of them. His just like That's the only one that matters. Stop hurting No, there's more than one the angel. <laughs> he's the only one that matters, though. In D3, he's the, he's the man. Yeah, he is. Well, he isn't when he lands, I guess. I didn't see that coming. He was like, who's that black guy? <laughs> that's Tyrael? No, shit, that's awesome. <laughs> is that the first time we find out that he's a black guy? Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, he I was... He stripped his and everything just to come help you. Yeah, pretty amazing guy. Um, Alright, so... Uh, I mean, there was Uriel, too, but... Come on. Uh, nobody, nobody cares, dude. And 17th level, you gain some more O-spells. We get Hold Monster. We kind of establish what that does, because the name kind of speaks for itself. And then there's Wall of Force. O-P as fuck. Yes, it is. This spell is like... This you know, let's was just a, make this person actually feel like a god. Yeah, so this was the other one I chose not to take <laughs> along with Wish when we did our level 20 battle. Yeah. Because it can I could you can do whatever you want with this thing. Do you have any specific examples? Anybody? I mean, okay, what it does? How about we actually tell people what it does? Yeah, go there. Yeah. I mean, you basically create a wall in any orientation that you choose like for the core or horizontal. Right? Okay. Just making sure. Don't have what? Made of force. A wall, a wall of force that you choose a point within range, which is like 120 feet and less up to 10 minutes. But the you basically make it appear like horizontal, or vertical, any angle you want, and it can be free floating or resting on solid sur- surface. And you can form it into a dome if you want, or a sphere with a radius of 10 feet, or make it a flat surface made up of 10, 10 by 10 by 10 panels. Yeah, and each panel must be connected to each other, and they're also like a quarter of an inch thick. And if the wall cuts through a creature's space when it appears, the creature is pushed to one side of the wall, and nothing can pass through the wall, and is immune to all damage and can't be spelled by dispelled magic. And a disintegrate can break the sucker, though, but yeah. And it also travels into the ethereal plane. Yeah, that's that's the kicker right there. The blocking can still travel through the wall. Now You teleporting I, bastards. I, I see one huge, huge overpowered issue with this is that it says that if it enters a creature square, it pushes them. Could you imagine slamming them and T-boning them into a wall and slicing them in half? Oh, that's awesome. That, there's another one that said you could turn it into a sphere. It could either be affected by gravity or not. 
And you're just sitting on a hill. It's like, let's make a giant boulder just drop it on everyone. Oh, no. <laughs> Which brings up a good point. How much damage would that do if it were? For what? If it was weightless? If you turned the wall into a boulder. It says you could turn it into a spherical wall. I don't think it's about the damage, though. It's much just negate. Yeah. yeah. But... Brush people around or make them not pass. You shall not pass. I can see this being a, uh, a way that they protect, like, high-level, like, kingdoms and stuff. Yep. From bombardment and stuff. Like, you're an entire royal chamber surrounded by something like this. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a safe safe house or a safe, what are those called, those panic rooms? Yep. Very much something like that. Or if it were, you come by and you see a gap between uh, two rooms. Mm-hmm. You create the wall, you're being chased. You get across, you wait for them to come by the wall, just... And they drop. <laughs> That's funny. Or, ooh, is that a concentration? How long does that last? Is it ten minutes? Up to ten minutes. But it's not, and yes, it is concentration. What level? It's a fifth level spell. So what if you had an entire room that the floor was made of this, and there was mages who, around the clock, kept it formed? And it was like an audience room with the like the king or something. So at any time you look down and like you can see magma or a bed of spikes or a pit of snakes or other nasties. In older edition, you could just cast permanency. Well, whatever. But still, <laughs> I can see this being. How would I mean? I could see this being used for something like that. Or, or if maybe you've got a temple with an open ceiling and sometimes it rains, you know. They got you think this is some kind of game. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Um, very cool, fellas. Very cool. And last but not least, at level 20, for their capstone, they gain Emissary of Redemption. You get to become an Avatar of Peace! <laughs> and you gain two benefits. You gain resistance to all damage dealt by other creatures, their attacks, spells, and other effects. That's awesome. And when a creature hits you with an attack, it takes radiant damage equal to half the damage you take. So, basically, you get another... It's What was the other one for the Conquest? It was something similar, right? Yep. It's similar to the Invincible Conqueror. So, once again, you're, 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 when you're in this Avatar form... I'm going to use Tyrael as an example. You know how the angels have that, like, whispery wings that kind of, like, fl- float behind them? Have this, like, kind of floating... Ethereal appearance. Ethereal energy kind of floating around them, and then when they get struck, it cracks at them with, like, lightning or something, or, well, radiant radiant lightning. <laughs> this can be chained. What do you mean? I think it could be chained. Uh, whenever a creature hits you with an attack, it takes radiant damage equal to half of that attack. Mm-hmm. Now, what if you have uh, all the spells going on where somebody hits your friend, you take the damage, but you could hit them anyways because of the, uh, the reaction. Uh-huh. And then since they ended up doing damage to you, you take half that damage and hit them again with it. Uh, I mean, the uh, Aura of the Guardian? Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. Combined with, oh, wow. And, and combined with Rebuke to Violet. Yeah, in Emissary uh, doesn't, and that ability on the Emissary of Redemption doesn't actually require reaction, it just happens. Yeah. That's cool. And then just crush them with your wall of force. <laughs> <laughs> Meet my wall of force, bitch! <laughs> Say hello to my giant friend. <laughs> That's cool. Um, Jeez. If you attack a creature, cast a spell, or deal damage to it by any means, but this feature, neither benefit works against the creature until you finish a long rest. 
So this actually is only can be attained when you're not being offensive purposely. Yep. Which what works again works good with what you're saying here because you're saying that you use that connection with the the aura of the guardian to become a protector of that person, and so this is sending that damage back to him. That is really cool. Well, the feature's still on if you attack a creature. It just nothing as part of this feature works against that creature because it's meant to be like a pacifist ability. Ah, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. So it's still on where you're going. It just you have to finish a long rest to make it work again against that creature. Right, right. But That's pretty cool. But still a good way to single out one creature at a time. Yeah, for sure. All right, I think that does it for our main topic today. To well, the next week, fourth edition the Ranger, my favorite. Oh, I'm gonna love next week. I haven't weekend. got there yet. It, it's anyone who owns this book can see what's next. <laughs> He's excited, man. Yeah, Don't whatever. I love the Ranger. It's my favorite. That and the Rogue. All right, so that does it for our main topic today. Indeed, uh, really enjoyed the palette. It has a lot of good stuff. Um, I loved Ranger and Fourth Edition, by the way. Before we move on to our honor tips and tricks segment, we have one more amazing gift to give away. Compliments of Lore Smith. Each episode, we will draw another lucky subscriber's name, and they will win the best-selling adventure, The Claws of Madness, compliments of Lawsmith. Lawsmith is a small indie team of creative artists who remember exploring the realms together with friends, finding incredible places, and meeting colorful characters along the way. They set out to deliver an experience that sparks those lasting impressions that pushed them to create their first standalone adventure, The Claws of Madness. This best-selling adventure is one that you don't want to miss. <laughs> Are you guys done? <laughs> I'm going to do that every time now. Uh, who's our winner this week, Brandon? Salt and Sassy Gaming. I can't sorry that one. Salt that wound with the Sassy Gaming. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Salt and Sassy Gaming. If you enjoy the adventure, please head on over to LoreSmith.com and let them know. Leave them a review and tell them how much you enjoyed it. Enjoy, enjoy. I love that name. I hate you guys sometimes. You hired us. Yeah. You know what's funny is the other day, you're like, I need the drums for that UTT. I'm like, UTT? Oh, on the tips and tricks. I was like, that sounds like an STD. Uh, it happened uh, again! Our first Unearth Tips and Trick is our character concept. Uh, this was submitted by Lindsay Belton, titled Granny Smith. Granny Smith! She's an apple farmer. Her apple pies are unrivaled in her village. <laughs> she becomes a folk hero when the Pumpkin King attacked her village, and she led a revolt and dr- uh, to drive him out. She wears her husband's old chain mail and shield and carries around a pitchfork, which is a reskin <laughs> trident. And she's stronger than she, she looks, looks youngins. youngins. <laughs> you, got, you have no idea why that's funny. Hey, what's the pumpkin king? No. Granny Smith is Applejack's grandmother from My Little Pony. <laughs> oh, Granny Smith is also the name of Apples. Yes. Apple Company. Yeah, I know. Okay. But still. It, it is, it's fun. <laughs> I'd like to point out you just admitted to everybody that yeah, I'm you, a brony. That you watch. <laughs> yeah. I'm a brownie. Fuck you guys. And that one. And there goes there goes all five of our listeners. My little pony. <laughs> listen my again. Little Shut, pony. Stop it, please stop. In the realm of D and D. What do you guys think about this character concept? It sounds fun to me. <laughs> That's awesome. I just didn't. I mean, like in the like. So what are you guys gonna do? Well, 
I'm going to sit down and make me some apple pie for all these young and adventurers here. Hey, so you want some apples? Oh, no, you don't want that one. That one, that one's probably got some worms in it. We're going to go, go, let old granny go take care of you. I'm going to go get one of these. <laughs> that, that's kind of, the, that's, that, I just, you would have to play an old lady. You would have to. Because we don't see a lot of older characters that aren't part of long-lived generations, right? Back in my day. <laughs> Back in my day, I had the best apples. Now nobody wants any. Back I wonder what changed. Did they get soggy or saggy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just I think this is fun, and I think that if you really went with it by making an older character, Thacker my day, Thacko was a thing. <laughs> That's stupid, Thacko. Um. So yes, I love this character concept. It's simple. It's quick. It's easy. I like that it includes the history of the Pumpkin King because I I as a DM can easily see myself pulling that in and him trying to get his revenge or it showing up in another area, and she's like. Well, listen, y'all, I've got experience dealing with the Pumpkin King. Why don't you let old Granny Smith take care of it? Here, have an apple. <laughs> She's like a Pokemon trainer with, like, apples that she just throws at people <laughs> on her belt. On her belt. Boys and girls of every age, <laughs> would you like, like to see something, something strange? Come with us and you will see this our town of Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Oh. I'm sad that I can't enjoy, join that with him because I didn't have I didn't memorize that movie. Side note: I do think the Marilyn Manson version of the song is actually pretty awesome. Mm, yes, and I'm not that big of a Marilyn Manson fan. Sure. Nobody is. <laughs> the whole album. Corn did kidnap the Sandy Claws. It was yeah. great. All right, so that does it for our character concept, Granny Smith. We hope you enjoy it. Our monster and Lindsay. If I'm right, please email us. If I'm wrong, then I'll call me a bitch or something. <laughs> little punk ass <laughs> um our monster <laughs> variant is very uh simple um it's called the shocking bat so i recently was playing i've got my 3ds and i was playing stupid uh uh ocarina of time and those little damn bats the little flying flaming ones <laughs> piss me off so i thought why don't we go ahead and put something similar so obviously the origin if you know the bat does like one point of damage it doesn't do shit for damage but you give it a, you give it an electric vibe and have it just fly around places. When a creature touches the shocking bat, the target must succeed a constitution saving throw of 13 or be paralyzed for one minute. At the end of each of its turns, the target can make another con saving throw. On a success, the effect ends. Now, I think we knocked this concept out of the park. What do you mean? Well, Why? at first when you said shocking bat, I thought of a baseball bat hooked to a car battery. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, so I told you I was just watching some jackass stuff. So <laughs> the way I envision this working is they got this woman, they got all these tasers hanging from the ceiling in this hallway. And they're running through it as it shocks the shit out of them. They're tipping over, they're smashing into stuff. And I, I can just see an entire room being full of these things. And the whole challenge is just to go, they might not be trying to attack you, but when you come in, you startle them and they start flying everywhere. And just imagine a thousand of those flying around and just trying to get from one end of the room to the other would be a pain in the ass. That's it! Think of Wall of horse. fire! You walk into the room and the entrance slams shut behind you and it's just straight dark. And, and then the only thing you can see is glowing blue <laughs> in the shape of bats running yeah. around. Basically, they become the giant uh, like, uh, the shot... What things? is the, the, the insect killer thing? The... Bug zapper? The, uh, yeah, it's basically a giant room bug zapper, and the humans are the the Avengers are oh the God. bugs. It's a bug zapper for people. <laughs> to me, this sounds like a lot of fun, and I cannot wait to use this. 
Um, I actually think I might use something similar in our one of our games. So, um, if you like it, definitely uh, use it and let us know what you think. It's simple, but man, being able to paralyze somebody for a minute. Now, you'll notice it doesn't do any damage. There's no reason why it couldn't do damage. Um, I chose it just to be a, a stun thing that they just kind of indefinitely get stunned. And it's more of a, a waste of wasting time than it is actually meant to hurt or kill them. They make it a, uh, a, a POE thing where the floor is slowly falling or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And then they get paralyzed and they fall. But once again, the, this could be a, a an escape plan for like a villain. A villain has like a, a panic panic room kind of secret door panic passage. Hallway. Yeah, panic hallway, and he runs down it, and then he hits a button, and it freaks all these things out, and it fills the entire hallway, giving him time to escape. So once again, the goal isn't to kill him, but it'll stall him long enough for the villain You'll to escape. You'll never catch eye, taser face. <laughs> I want to know what badass stared in the mirror and said, what would be a great name for me? I know. Taser face! I really wish I had, like, a taser gun so I could taser one of you guys right now live to get the full effect so you could realize how terrible this would be. <laughs> I've been hit by one. It doesn't feel good. It sucks. Um, all right. I remember accidentally walking to a uh, electric fence in the farm one time. Uh, yeah, just, that sucks. Just a couple car batteries. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. yeah. So that does it for our monster variant. Our encounter of the podcast is... Acid, Acid geysers. geysers. So the characters find themselves <laughs> this is in a, a fuck me situation. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of going with the same concept of you know the environment <laughs> trying to kill the players. Uh, this uh, the characters find themselves in an unstable area. The ground rumbles and shakes. Uh, maybe uh, this creates difficult terrain, or maybe you impose uh, some sort of uh, uh, dexterity saving throw for them to stay up before they fall prone. Um, in every round, each character must make uh, a dexterity saving throw to avoid the blasts of hot acid uh, geysers. Um, to me, ah! that's terrifying <laughs> and frightening to even think about. Um, additionally, since the geysers are shooting the stuff up into the air, what goes up must come down. Must come down. So mm. even if they manage to avoid the first blast, every round they take ongoing damage while they're in the vicinity. It burns so much. <laughs> <laughs> What's worse is if um, I even considered this, and I didn't include this, but you could give it some sort of like rust monster effect. Ugh. So as they're running through this field, it starts to like melt their armors <laughs> the and their weapons and stuff. Down. It's it's terrible. I really think this would create a very dynamic encounter, especially if you're fighting a monk. Oh yeah, who could da- dash right through you it? Find it all there. You take them off. Damn it! What's wrong? My gauntlet's turned into a mitten. <laughs> <laughs> Or like the mug that doesn't really carry items on them anyway. Yeah, yeah. Stunning fifteen enemies. So if he, if it, so if his stuff melts away, it ain't a big deal, right? Uh, he just beat you with a you know a random just, rock or his fist. Just, I don't know what you guys are complaining about. <laughs> oh, it's nothing but a nice shine today. Um, what do you? How do you guys? If you guys were posed with this, what? How would that make your you and your characters feel? I'm not going in there. <laughs> I'd be pissed. Yeah, it would suck. I'd it, look for any kind of cover if there yeah, were any. Well, that would definitely be a start. And this could be something that's not just designed specifically as an encounter, but maybe when you uh, are going through a forest or something and you know you roll survival to see if they get lost, and if they happen to get lost, they stumble into this. So then they can all blame the ranger who brought them into this acid geyser pit <laughs> of destruction and death and, and face melting. So... Um, I thought you said you knew where you were going. I said I thought I knew where we were going. <laughs> I think it's this way. It doesn't mean it is this way. <laughs> That's funny. You guys got anything to add to that that would make it more dynamic and intense? Uh, 
Uh, I think uh, we printed all the big points on that one. <laughs> maybe, okay. Maybe giving the guys just like a heads up that it is about to go off, like it starts bubbling on the surface. Or rumbling. Or rumbling. And shaking. Yep. Besides that. <laughs> like the second bullet point? Well, there's multiple geysers, right? Well, yeah. Well, do they all go off at the same time? No. Uh, you just random. That's the whole point. So, uh, I guess I didn't get my point across. So, in this one, you just have them make dexterity straight throws because they're constantly dodging. Boom, 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 boom. And they're dodging oh, them. Just, okay. So, I mean, you can do like a single one or two. That's but, a wall of force. But it's a <laughs> wall of force. <laughs> Create a ceiling. Just walk underneath it. I think <laughs> or a, just floor. A floor, yeah. Yeah, keep everything down there. Um, so, yes. I you could uh, make a transfer floating disc and just put it above you guys and just keep walking. I would totally reward a creative thinker doing something like that. Can I get rewarded for my next game? No. If you if oh. you can use that creative thought in a game, that would be fantastic, <laughs> but you'd have to make it to a game first. Um, so, That's difficult. Yeah, I know. Being unemployed gives you keeps you busy. And two kids. <laughs> and two kids. Oh, yeah, I guess he's got those, too. Screaming babies. Uh, so that is our encounter of the podcast, the Acid Geysers. And next time we have a magic item, the Ring of Weave Disruption. So for those of you that don't know... All the magic in the D&D world comes from what's known as the magic weave, right? Yep. They, they, when they use somatic components and verbal components, they're, they're connecting into this weave to shape it to the way they want. This silver ring contains a sapphire with an unknown rune etched into it. And this ring constantly creates a disruption within the weave of magic in the area surrounding it. When a spell is cast within 10 feet of this ring, the caster must make a roll a d20 on the one... The spell suffers the same effect as Counterspell. <laughs> Boom! So, what do you guys think about that? I mean, it's only a 1 out of 20 chance, but say, that make, adds up make fast. Make it it's, like, it's basically a free Counterspell. If it goes off. If, if it, it goes, goes off. off. Yeah. Now, I, I, the reason I envision this is because I'm building a, an army of magic hunters, right? Yep. And they all have one of these, right? Oh, yeah. So, to me, this is a very unique way to deal with magic now it says any creature so that means if you're if you're if yeah. an adventurer has this you don't want to be within 10 feet of your spellcasters um otherwise they risk of this being now once again you point out the risk is small yep but there's no reason you couldn't increase that number if you wanted i like to keep it small because i think of how many spells get cast in the games so that's why i said that adds up fast right though. so um <laughs> It basically gives a chance for spellcasting to fail, even if it does would hit normally. So, um, to me, this seems like a really fun uh, item, and it can really cause quite a disruption. Okay. See what I did there? Indeed. Um, do you guys have any other points on that? Any interesting ideas on how this would be used? Geek the mage. Got it. Gank the mage, basically. Yes. <laughs> no, geek the mage. Oh. All right, so that is probably, our... Probably you Shadowrun fans uh, out there. If the number was higher, and I uh, I was a ranger with a bird, I told the wearer to put it on the bird's claws and have him fly around the gas was attacking us. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? That's actually a good idea. You can put it on them like they do with the pigeons. Yep. Dude, that's cool. And just have them circle. Like if you put them on Obama there, uh, your little <laughs> flying familiar, he's already in melee all the time, right? He's just flying in and out all the time. So I like that. Give it to your men and make that ranger a little more dangerous. That give him a bird. <laughs> there you go. Give it to give it to the ranger's minion or ranger's uh, ranger's pet. That is our magic item on the podcast: the ring of weave disruption. Our yeah. dungeon master's tip of the podcast is bloodied, which is a term I haven't heard since fourth edition. 
Because that's where it comes from. Yes. Sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> I, I, having... I would assume you hear that every month. <laughs> Jeez. Would, would the vampire lesbian say to the other, see you in a month? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Holy shit, dude. Uh, Anyways, uh, bloodied, yes. <laughs> Uh, when, you're, when you're fighting monsters and they get the half health, don't just let them be like, okay, I'm at half health, oh, that sucks. Once they get to half health, once they become bloodied, give them an ability that triggers. Yeah, that was a big Some, thing in 4th edition, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Something that they don't use until they're bloodied. Yeah. Like um, a desperation move or something like that. Or a fire dwarf going Super Saiyan suddenly. <laughs> a dwarf going Super Saiyan? Fire my fiery bird! <laughs> 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 I saw a picture of Goku and uh, Vegeta with the beards, and when they went Super Saiyan, the beards went into their face. That's all I have. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, once again, kind of going back to uh, dynamic encounters, you know, uh, halfway through a battle, uh, players might already start to assume what the monster's capable of, so this can throw an unexpected wrench in their plans. Yeah, you like know, if, if you're fighting a, a standard kobold, they're like, oh, this is a piece of cake, and like halfway through his health, he pulls a grenade out of his ass and throws it at you. Yeah, or, uh, yes, yes, okay. Uh, I would say maybe out of a pouch, not his ass, but yes. <laughs> um, and, and it goes true for uh, bigger monsters as well, right? Um, well, that's how I got through the, got through the airport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the reason for this is, is it's a good way to catch the players off guard who aren't expecting it. If you're in a battle for five rounds and all this giant lizard man d- has done is poke and stab you, and then all of a sudden he rears back and he opens his maw and does dragon breath, they're not going to expect that. First, because he's a goddamn lizard man and not a dragonborn. Especially when you're right up in his face, you're like, what the shit? Right, and because they're not aware of it, they won't be as inclined to worry about certain positioning right make your players worry about what they're gonna fight next yeah um so this is a good way to do it now uh, i don't recommend telling them that they're bloodied um when i posted this comment uh in the forum or in some uh, on the facebook group uh one guy said well i hated that because my players always knew when a monster got the half elf it's like well then don't tell them yeah you know you can change the percentage maybe it happens at 10 percent Maybe it happens at half. Maybe it happens at 75, you know? Just like boss monsters in some games, you know, they're, the dynamic changes at certain percentages. Or maybe like uh, a vampire, for example, when they neck down to like a half health, suddenly they cr- create spiritual weapon. Only oh, it's more than one. Oh, that's cool. I like that. They're fighting, fighting one guy, and, he's, and they say, oh, how's he look? Oh, he looks terrible. But he reaches into his pocket, drinks a potion, now he looks better. I think we had that on an episode. Wasn't that one of our player uh, yeah, game it tips? Yeah, it was. <laughs> and I think Troy's like... I don't think I've ever seen an enemy do that. <laughs> Catches them off guard. Anyways. Or they, or they basically trigger like the mirror image spell. Ooh, that's cool. Ooh, yeah, like a defensive oh shit button. Yep. Ooh, I like that. And it doesn't but even no, have to no, be... The, no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. that can be just the one spell that they can use, and they can do it once when they're about to die. Yep. Um, so that does it for our Dungeon Master tip. Uh, that's our Dungeon Master tip of the podcast, Bloodied. Give monsters abilities that trigger when, they're we- when they reach lower hit points. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't be a dick! And you can avoid dickitude by reacting to the actions of the NPCs and PCs. There's there's something to be said uh, during roleplay when it's somebody else's turn and shit happens, and everyone else is quiet about it. Yeah. Um, For me, I like to react live. So when Brandon shoots an arrow and it misses, he he might turn... My character might turn and 
you know, make a stupid joke about his terrible aiming. <laughs> or if um, Ian's hey. picking a lock and he sets off the trap. Respond to that. Don't be like, oh, he got hit with a trap. Say, you idiot! I thought you knew what you were doing! I said, I thought I knew what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, if if you're standing near a character when an enemy attacks with, like, say, a firebolt or an Eldritch Blast and they miss, make a comment about, you almost hit me, dick! Or if, uh, let's say some uh, dick mage casts a firebolt at you, but but then you succeed on the saving throw and you have the class feature that makes you ignore your damage, just brush your shoulder off casually. (laughs) (laughs) Wipe that salt off there? Not even a problem. See, yeah, like, this like Luke Skywalker, on, uh, that's awesome. When my character lost her finger and the cleric put it on backwards, yes. the other players would not leave me alone. <laughs> that, whole, that whole game. Yeah. It, they were just <laughs> like, they were making quests back and forth while me having a backwards pointer finger. Yeah, because once you said, well, I'm going to go that direction. Wait, which direction are you pointing? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love the more grittier games with, like, amputation and stuff. Um, so, yeah, when when stuff like that happens, react right then. Yeah, you might interrupt for a second, just make it quick and short and, and get to the point. Like when the player opens the door and suddenly a, a column of fire blasts out from it. Hey! There's a dragon there! <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, so anything else? No. Anything I missed? Nope. Okay. That'll do it for our player tip of the podcast, Don't Be a Dick. And you can avoid dickitude by reacting to actions of the NPCs and the PCs. That does it for our show, fellas. And... We also have one more giveaway, thanks to Jeff Stevens. We're a sponsor, Jeff Stevens. Yeah. So that'll do it for our show today. But before we end, we have one more gift to give away. Compliments of Jeff Stevens. <laughs> it's been a long few days of travel, and the adventurers Jesus are tired dude. of eating rations and sleeping <laughs> on the ground. The road opens to a small town with an inviting tavern. The smells of grilling meat and ale fill their nostrils, and the sound of laughter and music float out the tavern's door. (laughs) Unlucky for the adventurers, they've stumbled upon Dragon's Breath Tavern. What starts out as a pleasant evening of food, drink, and entertainment soon evolves into an adventure that takes the party into and under Dragon's Breath Tavern. The adventure includes (laughs) roleplay, exploration, combat, and a dice game called... Demon dice. Dice, 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 dice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, oh I love gosh. this show. <laughs> um, uh, what was I supposed to say? Oh, who's our winner? Our winner is Rohan Keenan, I think. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. Wish I had long hair to... You gotta take a stand <laughs> Rohan Keenan? Congratulations, Rohan Keenan. Be sure to leave Jeff Stevens a review. Help him improve his product. Tell him what you like and what you didn't like. So please join us on our next episode where we hear feedback from you, our heroes. We will be discussing The Ranger. You really excited for that? Yes. Why? I love The Ranger. I know you do. In fact, you played played a Rogue Ranger this past uh, week and a half, two weeks ago. I killed you with that bitch! I thought it was a rogue fighter. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, was it? it was a rogue it fighter. Was, yeah. The concept was what you wanted. Though. It was still good, though. It was. Yep. It was juicy. Um, or Green Tank came across a monk. <laughs> Fucking monk. So, <laughs> if you have any feedback or unearthed tips and tricks or even some topics you'd like us to discuss, 
please send them to us. You can email them to us at critacademy at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Crit Academy. We hope you've enjoyed your experience here at the Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a hopefully five-star review. A what? Hopefully. Yes. Yes. You, you've missed the F the first time. You said hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Sorry. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a hopefully five-star review on iTunes or other... Or your you platform know, of choice. You know you brought this on yourself, right? Yeah, I always do. Yeah. Bastards. <laughs> Anytime you say you're... Shut up. Okay. <laughs> or just send us a message telling us how much you enjoyed the show. And be sure to give us a like and a share. Yes, we cannot tell you enough uh, how how powerful He's it is. He's at a loss for words. Yes. That's how much we love you guys. I cannot tell you how uh, <laughs> I cannot tell you how powerful leaving a review is. Uh, first, we I use them to help improve the show. He does. Um, as well as it helps our show reach other people. Right. You have yeah, that, that power. So it only takes a few moments to leave a review. So yes. please do that. During the last patron pals, that that's pretty much what we sat down with. Like we looked at all of our starred ratings and said, okay, this guy wants this. This guy wants this. Yep. This guy called us a chode. So uh, we got to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we learn from it. And we improve our show that way. Um, so make sure to let us know. Also, head on over to our Crit Nation group and join our community. Talk with us, ask questions, submit your ideas, or just come out and tell us about a cool thing that happened during your 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 game or about your homebrew. Tell us about your stories. We love to hear that stuff. I love reading that stuff, um, and I want to hear it. So please head on over to the Crit Nation uh, community. Uh, you can find it on our Facebook page and join us. P-A-R-T-Y? Because I, I gotta! gotta. <laughs> um, make sure to subscribe to our show at CritAcademy.com so that we can help you on your future adventures, as well as have a chance to win cool prizes each and every week. You will also find links to our fellowship members as well. Please make sure to check out our fellowship members. These guys are awesome. You have the guys over at uh, Inner Party Conflict, Gabe and Jeff. Are their show's amazing? They take in a lot of the take in a lot of questions, much like our. Let's talk about blank segment, and they just discuss them, and they've got so much experience to share. It's amazing. Uh, D&D Character Lab, they create new and interesting characters every week and pit them against each other in a verbal battle. Check out Oricon's Lair, which is an awesome blog where he interviews people and reviews different content, and it's got awesome, cool stuff. I think the one he just shared was like a, a D20 randoms potion thing, which was really cool. So check them out. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your other co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Aw, oh, you didn't let me down. I'm so proud. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. He turned down